So um, we're continuing on our theme this morning of get out there. So Jill um, was absolutely brilliant, wasn't she, the other, the other week? I thought she was absolutely so inspiring because she is a lady that's lived this out, hasn't she? And she talks about mission being a heart attitude, actually an attitude just for our daily lives. And then Helena again was amazing last week. Um, she spoke about uh, the Great Commission, how we're all commissioned, um, not just some of us, but we're actually all commissioned to go out there to spread the gospel and to tell people about Jesus. So today I just want to look at things very practically. I want to look at what it looks like for us. So what does that mean for us in our day-to-day lives? How do we get out there? Um, How do we tell people about Jesus? Um, And I want to look at the impact that that has not only on others, because obviously it has a massive impact on other people, doesn't it? But actually what impact that has on us as well. Um, and also we're going to be hearing later on from four other people as well. So you're not just going to be hearing from me today, you're going to be hearing from, because we all love hearing testimonies, don't we, and stories. So we've got four very brave people sharing later as well. So the first thing I want to ask you is, is Jesus your joy? Is Jesus your treasure? You know, have you lost that sense of that joy? Richard was talking about, wasn't he, that first time when he, he became a Christian and that joy of his salvation. I remember my time when I had my eyes open to the love of Jesus. And you know, because our getting out there, we can't manufacture it. It's not like when you're reading a script when you're selling something and that you hear the, these scripts are awful, aren't they, on the phone. But we can't follow a script. It can't be manufactured. It's got to come out of that relationship, your intimacy with Jesus. It has to be the overflow of our relationship with Jesus, the time spent in his presence and the joy of what he's done for us, the joy of him keeping us going. Matt's had a bad week this week, our worship leader. I've had a really bad week this week. I've had a bad first part of the year, actually, but we're still here. And actually, Jesus is helping me go through the midst of just pretty horrendous circumstances at the moment. And that's actually, that can overflow out of that because I'm still standing. Matt's still standing. We're still going, aren't we? And the peace that we find in that, we can share with others because people say, how can you be going through that and still have peace? Because of Jesus. And that's that overflow, isn't it? It's the comfort you find from walking with Jesus day by day, from relying on him, clinging on to him in the dead of night and him giving you peace and joy. You can't share what you can't, you can't share what you've not experienced. You can't overflow out of what you've not received. You know, I'm reminded when I was writing this of the Samaritan woman, you know, the woman at the well. And if you've not studied this story and you don't know what I'm talking about, I would encourage you to study it. I go back to it time and time again. Um, And, you know, Jesus intentionally bumped into this woman at the well. And, you know, it could have looked like an accident, but there's no accidents with Jesus. If you're here today even, and what Helena said today, we are born for such a time as this. You know, it's no accident that you're here. You know, God is chasing after us relentlessly with his mercy, with his grace. It says in his word that he sings over us. How amazing is that? He sings over us. Just listen to Hudson just before saying, Dada, Dada. You know, God longs to hear your voice calling out to him when you need him. But this lady, despite her sin, despite her adultery, despite her being outcast from everybody in her village, God saw her. He loved her. He chose to seek her out and he forgave her. Even though in the world's eyes they'd written her off and she didn't deserve it. You know, and she, and she couldn't. So she couldn't stop telling people then about the joy that she'd found, the forgiveness that she'd found when she went back to her village, the peace that she'd finally found in meeting Jesus. She was just simply sharing her story of where she was up to, of what happened to her. She'd been looking for the best thing, but she'd found the best thing in Jesus. Did she find the thing that could fulfill her, the greatest love that she could ever find? We can never find a love like Jesus's. 
And through that relationship, God gave her new desires, a new purpose, and rewrote a whole new future for her that she could ever imagine and dreamed of. We can have that as two today. We just need to share what God is doing. This year, I've been able to share what God is doing in my life, how he is carrying me through, how he is taking me through day by day. And you know what? It made me start thinking, if it was me on that day bumping into the woman at the well, what would my reaction first been? Would it have been, I don't want to talk to her because people wonder why I'm talking to the outcast, the adulterer? Or would it have been love and compassion like Jesus showed her? Would it have been for me to judge her? Or would it have been for me to be kind to her? And you know what? It's been a real personal challenge for me this over the last few weeks, actually. Uh, we do different various outreach works. I know Helena goes into schools and, and myself and Lynn, we go out in our jobs doing death advice and, and supporting people with benefits into different places. And one of the places we've recently been going into is probation. And we're not working, we're working with those who've just been released from prison, but we're not working with those people who have done minor things. We're working with the, most, the people that are actually have done the worst possible crimes that you could think of. And, and I really struggled at first. I'm just being really, really honest. I was going in on a Monday, and after, after I'd been to do this session, I was ringing Richard and saying, I don't know if I can do this. I'm, I'm feeling frightened. I'm feeling like I'm judging these people, that, that actually I can't get over what they've done to see past that. And actually, is it the right thing that I'm even doing this? You know, and actually, if I'm being really honest, I thought sometimes, do actually these people deserve my help and my time and my expertise? And that's just being really honest because we can be honest here, can't we? And you know what? I quickly realised I couldn't do this in my own strength. And it was actually chatting to Lynn, my colleague. I work with Lynn, and you'll hear from Lynn later about it. And you know what? She really challenged me with what she said. And she said to me, do you know what, Anna? What an amazing privilege we have here in this place. Where would Jesus be? If he was here now, where would he be? He would be with such as those. He would be with such as those that nobody wants to bother with. And he would give his excellence. He would give his full attention to those people. He would have taken the time for such as these. And how true, how true she was. And it really spoke to me that. And that just shows as well that we need each other, don't we? That's why we have life groups. Because actually without each other, I could have just walked away from that. Because Richard was saying, yeah, I'm a bit, I don't like you with all these, these guys that have done these things or whatever. And, you know, and it's a bit dangerous. And where are you sat and safeguarding and all that? Actually, I could have walked away from that. But actually, <clears throat> Lynn encouraged me somebody else a Christian alongside me and that's why we need each other isn't it to encourage each other and to say come on you can do it come on what's God saying in this and I had to go back to Jesus again and say God I need you to help me in this situation I need your grace I need your compassion I need you to show me how to love these people and to see these people through your eyes not through my eyes not through the world's eyes not through the eyes of being dismissive but actually through your eyes you know we need great wisdom but actually we need great compassion don't we you know, and if you a desire to make a difference in your world, I don't know what, that's my world. I don't know what your world looks like. And I don't know who you come across. But do you have a desire to include him? Do you ask him to show you the people in your world through his eyes? It's a dangerous prayer. But actually, only you can build that relationship with Jesus that can overflow into your day-to-day lives and the people that you come across. We're all unique, aren't we, in our opportunities and our encounters. You know, and no preach can do that for you. You know, only Jesus, only your relationship, your day-to-day relationship can do that for you. We can't do that from just delivering a preach. And the second thing I really thought about was when we're sharing our faith and just doing life with other people is we need to ask God for courage, don't we? You know, and this is a really hard question to ask. 
but I want to ask it anyway. Now, I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable, but in a way I do. You know, when is the last time you spoke to Jesus, to a friend, a work colleague, a gym buddy or a neighbour? When's the last time you've been told somebody you went to church? Is it last week? Is it last month? Is it, last, is it in the last year? Or is it more than that, long time ago? When is the last time that you really felt compassion and love for somebody to share something of Jesus with them? You know, and I'm not saying that to pile on guilt and shame, but maybe I'm saying something like that to stir something up in your spirit, to maybe encourage you to stoke the fire within you for Jesus that was once, once there, but is not burning as passionately as it once was. You know, it's no coincidence, I was looking at the book, book of Acts, and, um, and there's no coincidence that even in there, and these people had spent time with Jesus, that actually they're praying to God constantly for boldness. They knew they were hesitant to share, and they'd spent time actually walking with Jesus. Just like we are today, we're a bit hesitant sometimes, aren't we? So they prayed for boldness. So ask God for boldness and courage. Ask him to renew that passion for other people within you again. Ask God to overcome your fears your hesitation. Ask God to give you his confidence and his power. Ask him to see people through his eyes. You know, God really wants to partner with us. We are his church. He has chosen to use his church to reach other people. You know, with all our flaws and all our failings, all my flaws and all my failings, all my insecurities, all my, all my fears and anxieties, God chooses us. He chooses us. He wants to look for our hearts that are willing. Ephesians 2 verse 10, we've heard it many times. For we, so you, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He has things for you to do that only you can do. There's only me going into that situation. I need to be bold in that situation. Look what happened in Acts when the disciples simply asked for God's help. They asked for boldness and to show, and to ask, ask, they asked God to show them people who would have hearts open to hear the gospel. What a prayer that is. They asked God to show them the people that would be responsive. And there's loads and loads and loads of stories. Again, go away and study this. There's loads of stories. But there's just one particular story that I picked up on of a lady called Lydia in Acts 16. Now, Lydia was a real wealthy woman, so she was a business lady. And she sold purple cloth. But that was, very, that was a big thing. And she, because of her wealth, she'd, she'd um, acquired a large health. And she was seen as this wealthy lady. And she was a Jew, so she observed the Sabbath. But she'd not actually heard the gospel and the revelation of Jesus. But on the Sabbath, she went down to the river where people met and she bumped into Paul and Silas who had actually recently just got out of prison for their faith and she heard the gospel and not only was she converted but she was baptised and then she went home and told her family and her servants and the whole of her household were converted and also baptised and then the amazing thing with this lady is so this is a wealthy business lady she then decided to open up her house for Paul and Silas to come and stay with her her. Now they just remember these are prisoners. You know, would I let some of those people that I work with to come and stay in my house? Probably not, if I'm honest. But actually, Jesus nudged her to say, invite these people to your home, show them hospitality, use what you've got in your hands. And actually, you know, it's widely believed that this home of Lydia was the very first church in Europe. So that's what came from that, from actually Paul and Silas weren't going the direction they were going to be going to, but God led them to this river where Lydia heard the gospel and it literally changed the course. And actually we've, we've come from that, haven't we? Because that was the first one in, in Europe. But what I love about Lydia is how quick she was to realise straight away and understand that what had been hers before now belonged 
to the Lord, her business, her possessions, her hospitality gift, that, you know, that she understood that she had a new master, that she was serving Jesus, and that she, she had a new purpose, that God has turned her life around. And although she continued to be a business lady and used her gifts and her finances for good, actually her purpose mainly was to serve him. And she found a new satisfaction. You know, we're satisfied and we're content when we're serving Jesus and we're doing things in order to glorify him. You know, and I love the fact that her her position, her wealth, her career aspirations did not hinder her sharing the gospel with her family and friends because we can use all sorts of excuses, can't we, about what people will think of us and all the rest of it. But she used what she had in her hand. All she had in her hand at that time was her house. And she used her gift, gift of hospitality to show her generosity. You know, what is your gift that you can use today? You know, I know in here there's loads of real hospitable people that open up their homes and invite people for tea. And it's just through those little conversations that you can share about Jesus. And when, when you're going through something, you can say, actually, I don't know how to get through this without my faith. Simple, it opens up a conversation. Really simple. Praying for somebody. Is it just that you're a really kind person and that you show people kindness and people that stands out in your workplace when actually everybody else is gossiping or being unkind, that actually you stand up for somebody that continues to be kind and look out for that underdog? Is it that you, you can pray for someone? And I think we can all grow in this as well. I found it difficult. Um, I've been doing CAP 15 years this week. Um, but um, I, when I first started doing CAP, um, I found it really difficult to pray for somebody out loud. But actually, I've grown in that. And I'd urge you, if you think, oh, no, I could never do that. You can. If I, if I could, you can. And actually, praying for somebody makes a real massive difference. Um, and sometimes we find it harder, don't we, to pray with people that we know well. So like our friendship circle, our family if they're not Christians, or our neighbours, or people we meet at school maybe. You know what? But the difference that praying for someone actually means is massive. And it shows, it shows them that you care enough about them to include them you know, in your relationship with Jesus. I would really encourage you to overcome your fear in that and do it anyway. Just last week, um, God placed on my heart one of my family members to, to pray for, and I kept waking up in the night praying for this young lady. Um, now, it, it's really easy, isn't it? And I think we're, we're all, I'm guilty of doing this as well, to send a text saying, I'm thinking about you, I'm praying for you. But I really felt God challenge me to, to take the next step in that and to ring her and tell her that I was praying for her and actually offer to pray for her over the phone. I had to overcome myself, my fear of what happens, what will she think, what if she says no. Um, and I, but I did it anyway, and I stood with this girl in her anxiety and her, her things that she's going through, believing with her that Jesus can make a difference, showing her that actually I believe that prayer can change something in her circumstances. I'm showing her that actually I do have a faith that is bigger than actually her circumstances. And I'm showing her that I believe that God is faithful because he's come through for me before. And so if he's done it for me, he can do it for her. And actually that he can do it again. And it not only shows that you care to do something that intimate with somebody, but actually it's inviting Jesus into that situation, into that life, and asking him to show himself. Jesus loves to show himself to people that don't know him. He wants to show himself. He wants to get to know that person. You know, what a privilege you know, and I just have to overcome a bit of a fear, overcome a bit of those doubts in my mind about what people will think and do it anyway. What a difference we can make. 
So today I wanted you to hear from other people as well about how they share their faith and what difference it makes in their life. So we're going to hear this morning from um, Alexa, who's 10, Alexa Galloway. We're going to hear from my mum, Marion, who is 75. Uh, We're going to hear from um, a lovely lady called Elaine, who is just over there, who is a lady that we've met through doing what we do. And then we're going to hear from Lynn Moody, who I work with, who you've heard about. So we're just going to hear first from Alexa, who is going to be on the screen, because she's at a party today, because these parties are now on Sundays as well. So she's not here, but... um, If you can pop it on the screen, that would be great. I'm Alexa and I'm 10 years old and last year I started coming to Fives and Sixes at church on Friday night. I really enjoyed it so I thought that I would invite some of my friends and over a few months, 17 of them came. They really enjoyed it. I'm glad I asked and over the next few months I hope more will come. that Alexis 10 and she's invited 17 of her class of 24 to fives and sixes what an inspiration that puts us to shame doesn't it how amazing is that so next I'm going to invite up my mum because um, what I wanted to show here really that was that we're never too young and we're never too old to actually share the gospel so I'm just going to get this microphone oh, I can reach down for it thank you there you go Hello everyone, I'm speaking for the older generation and all the opportunities we have to share our life and our faith. We are so fortunate being retired, instead of the office and work, we are in the pool at an aerobics class, (laughs) or rambling with our hiking club, or learning the keyboard, or trumpet, (laughs) We are having fun with our new friends. We don't need to preach to people. Being a friend, kindness, cake, flowers and birthdays draw people into a circle of love where God can touch their hearts. It's a harsh world out there, full of selfishness, judgment, anger, rejection and broken promises. A little kindness makes can make a big difference and even save a person who is thinking their life is at an end. Our experience of life, even the hard ones, bereavement, divorce, illness, abuse, help us to connect with people, have empathy and give hope as we have the opportunity to share how we have got through those dark tunnels with God's help. I love picking up my great-grandson George from school and wait with all George's friends' mums. Between the swings and the slide, or more likely with George football, (laughs) we chat. I am older, I think. (laughs) I've been there and understand their joys and sorrows and struggles and can give encouragement and hope. From the overflow of God's deep love and grace to us, we can love the unlikely, the unlovely, the shunned, the ignored, and the angry. We are the feet and hands of Jesus, 
and we reach out in our worlds to bring them to him. That was wonderful. She was really nervous, but she was brilliant, wasn't she there? I mean, what an inspiration. Do you know what? My mum is 75. She's constantly, she's got a prayer book. She's constantly praying for me. She prays for my grandchildren. She prays for her great-grandchildren. She prays for friends. She prays for neighbours. She's constantly asking God for opportunities to share his love. She's constantly stretching out her hand of generosity. She's always kind and compassionate. You know, you're never too old, never too young. Do you know, my mum is on the Alpha team and she always invites a gang of people, doesn't she, Senna and James? And, you know, I just encourage you, after hearing that, Alexa's 17 out of 24 of her class. Uh, my mum has a whole row in the second service of people that she's brought to church. And what an inspiration, what a challenge that is. If we all brought one person to Alpha and we journeyed with them, I love how, you know, people have come on Alpha. I love being on the Alpha team under James and Zena. And, you know, I love it when I see people come like Matt bought his neighbour Rick bought his um, a friend that he he brought and it's great when we journey with our friends isn't it we don't just say oh there's this course going on we say come on let's do it together let's journey this together it's amazing so that's a real challenge for us this morning isn't it so the next person we're going to hear from is beautiful Elaine down there now she's bought me and Lynn flowers today we should be bringing you flowers Elaine but that's that's Elaine for you so I'm going to um, pass you on to Elaine which is on the video and then Lynn is going to get on on the back of that I'm going to tell you how things have brought me to where I am today, sat here talking to you. Um, I was very isolated and I got myself in a bit of a mess. I was stuck at home, didn't want to see anybody, didn't want to go anywhere, was, ref was refusing people who wanted to come in because the help wasn't significant enough and I didn't feel that I was going to get anywhere in life. However, my neighbour kept saying to me, you need to phone social services. You need to get some help. And I put it off for over a year and she kept nagging me and nagging me. And eventually I plucked up the courage and was absolutely devastated and in tears after the phone call that I'd made to finally ask for help, which was a big thing for me to be told that I wasn't going to get any. And I rang her up and she said, Elaine, I don't know what you've said to them, but leave it with me. She phoned them and the next thing I know, finally, I'm in the care of a social worker. And that made a, a really big impact. There were several things that came from that that helped me uh, get a bit more forward in life. I'm nowhere near to where I need to be, but I'm heck of a lot better than I were. Amongst the many things, one thing that she put me in touch with was Bolton Guild of Help. And I managed to get an appointment there and I went to see a lovely lady who helped me look into my benefits. And she, that was Anna. And she then put me in touch with a lady called Lynn, who was then going to look at my cost of living, what I needed to live, and help with any debts that I had. I had a discussion and it was, it, I, I found out that uh, Lynn did her appointment uh, at Bridge Coffee and that's not too far from where I live and it's a more informal setting so I decided to go there and I met her several times and she's been a, an, an absolutely magnificent help to me and I, I can definitely state that I'm in a, a lot better place now 
in many ways, but definitely financially. I have since acquired a benefit that I was entitled to that I wasn't getting, and I am debt-free, so that has been a massive lift. Along with Lynn, I met other people, and I was introduced to Bridge Life, and since then, I've made some people that I would say are definitely more than acquaintances. I would call them friends. I would definitely do them a favour any time. And not only, therefore, have Christian again, Christians Against Poverty helped me with my financial situation, I've been helped with my isolation and my confidence. And I'm slowly getting back to the person that I was originally before I had my mini breakdown. It's it's over a decade since I had my big one and I knew I were heading for another. And fortunately, before I got to that really bad stage, I reached out for help. And through a friend getting me a social worker, I've landed somewhere where I feel very welcomed, very helped and very cared for. And I do have to say that I'm eternally grateful for every person that's made me feel welcome and given me help and support in any way. Thank you. Isn't that amazing? She's just beautiful. I'll just give you a wave, Elaine. <laughs> inside and out, she's always, she always says that to me. You're, you're beautiful inside and out, Lynn, but you are too, Elaine. I'm going to have to put my glasses on morning church. It's rubbish, isn't it, when you get old? So God really stirred and challenged me. See, I want to take them off because I want to see you, so I'm going to be like this. So God really stirred and challenged me when I started working as a debt coach for CAP to really get out there in my previous career, all of my colleagues knew I was a Christian, but I can honestly say I, I didn't really, I sort of thought that if I did it in my deeds and the things that I did, that that's all I really needed to do. And I didn't really sort of speak out about it and I didn't speak to my colleagues about things. And I definitely, definitely didn't invite them to things at church because I just thought if I lived out my faith through my actions, that would do. But wow, when I was challenged to go to CAP, I had to go for an interview up at Bradford at the head office. So yes, they wanted to know about the sort of my heart for the job and that type of thing, which I'd really prepared for. And then it was like, but what are you going to do about your, the faith side? What are you going to be able to share your faith with everybody, show, to share your journey? Are you going to be able to pray with people? Are you going to be able to invite them to church? Are you going to be to discipleship? Are you going to be alongside? And I'm thinking, oh my word, God, yeah, I'm really good at the sort of getting alongside and being kind and all of that. But that faith bit and sharing my faith, that was going to be a real challenge for me. So I made the decision to be brave and bold, as, as Anna was saying and to ask God daily to be with me in all the conversations I mean I'm so blessed that I meet so many people and have and to be with me alongside me with all those conversations with clients and as you know I've had and as you know I've had some great conversations with people and God has definitely been a part of them and just hearing Elaine's story and on a Thursday when I see her coming down to the coffee shop and going in and doing the crafts I can be having the worst day ever, but my heart is just filled with joy. My spirits are lifted. I know exactly what, why I'm here and what I'm doing. And that's what I just really want to encourage you, is that the blessings I get back from doing all of that, um, is just, it's just immense. It really is. And it just gladdens my heart. But it's not all just grey, and at times, the work that Anna and I can do can be extremely challenging, as Anna's um, just told you about. And we can get frustrated 
distracted and we can get disheartened. However, Helen had a great quote last week, which was, we don't lead people to Jesus. Jesus leads people to Jesus. And so on the back of that, I've realized that what I need to do is just be there. I just need to show up. I just need to get my heart in the right place for people. And that's what I want to encourage you to do. It's Jesus that's going to lead them to Jesus. That's not my my role, but my role is to be there, to constantly be uh, um, alongside people and just for people to see what my heart is. And also to be brave and to invite people to all the things that we have going on here. You know, we're so fortunate here that we have such great things happening that it's really easy to invite people to things. But you might say to me, oh, Lynn, it's easy to you. You work at church. You, you know, you've got this sort of this, this framework of cap that I can use. But you know what? I find it really, really difficult to invite my own family who are not Christians to things. I do find that really challenging, but I just think we've got some great things that we can invite people to like for instance all our kids ministries we've got um, bridge trekkers I think they've got a walk today Um, we've just got other things that and we've got football my son we've invited him to come and play football because he loves playing football so there's lots of other things I just want to encourage you to just get out there and be brave so um, as I've just as I've read my things, I've realised I've said the last thing I want to say, which is get out there. Just get out there, be brave, that God will bless everything that you do. But really as well, you're going to make an amazing difference to someone's life. But also it makes such an enormous difference to your own as well. And the blessings you get are absolutely amazing. Yeah. Oh, Elaine, like Lynn said, it really encourages me as well. We do work with some difficult people sometimes, and it is just a joy. And you know, and there's dozens and dozens of stories I could tell you of just like Elaine's. You know, there's people in here today as a result of us getting out there, and it, it's a blessing when we see you as well. So we're not don't want to overlook anybody, or you know, because it does bless us when we see you. Um, but actually, we're making an eternal impact. I remember when I first started working at CAP. I remember feeling a bit frustrated and downhearted and I remember God really speaking to me really clearly and saying to me, you do not know the eternal impact you're having. There are going to be people in heaven because of what you are doing now. And I don't think that's just, just in my CAP work. I'm hoping that is in my other, my day-to-day life, my family members, my friends, you know, my sharing of my faith. And Lynn, Lynn, I appreciate all you do. <laughs> but really, I do see Jesus um, through all the work that she does. Uh, you know, it gives us patience when we're working with those people. You know, she does show up and encourages me, but encourages other people. Even though people let us down, we've still got to believe in people and keep going. And that's what I see in her. So it's good to get alongside. I mean, come and spend a day with, with Lynn if you want to, you know, see this in action. Um, you know, get alongside people. She's thinking, oh, I don't want that, I don't want that. You know, but actually, it's important that we just keep going, we keep getting out there. You know, and we are blessed with so many opportunities. You know, if you don't know about Bridge Trekkers, that's on Facebook under Bridge Trekkers, that's a walk. I mean, you know, Lynn brings a family to that. Other people brought their family to that that wouldn't necessarily come to church. You know, you can get the information for that on the link as well. We've got um, life groups, I know in your life groups last week that you've been challenged to have a social, you know, so that's a great way to do an event that you just invite people and showing people that you're normal 
normal, that uh, we have fun, that actually that we're doing life together, that we need each other. You know, bridge coffee, come and have a coffee, opens up a conversation about and the amount of conversations they have with people who say, is that a church through there? And it opens up a conversation just like that. Um, we, you know, we're doing events for the King's Coronation later on in the year. You know, we'll be having barbecues and bouncy castles and all that, I think. And um, Oasis, you know, coming for lunch. Um, our Barry Woodward events, we've got those coming up. We've got our Alpha course. What an opportunity to invite somebody on the Alpha course. It, it is such a good course. You won't, you won't be you won't be embarrassed, it's high quality, it's professional, uh, there's the great team, you know, invite somebody on the Alpha course, I encourage you, you know, but we can't do any of this without Jesus, in fact, it's too difficult to do this without Jesus, we would give up, wouldn't we, things are too difficult, we've got enough going on, and it's all born out of your relationship with Jesus, you know, in Jesus' presence, in your time with Jesus, you will feel his nudge, you will feel him putting somebody on, on your heart like it happened to me. You will start to see with his eyes. He, you will start to see opportunities that you've not seen them before. Compassion will flow from your heart. I've already experienced that. Compassion has started to flow from my heart. And I love, a genuine love for people that in my own eyes are difficult to love. You know, you will speak words out of your lips that are straight from the Father's heart that will just break something so you can introduce Jesus. You know, God is looking for those hearts that he can partner with. Helena spoke about David's heart, that nobody looked at David, but God saw his heart and he sought him out. God is looking for the Davids in here that he can partner with. God is looking in here for the hearts that are open for him to use. You know, God desperately wants to reach the people that he loves that are lost. We are, like my mum said, I think, that we are Jesus' hands and feet. He has commissioned us. You know, and if not us, who? Who will do it if we don't do it? You know, maybe today you need to have your inner fire and passion stoked. You know, when a fire is going out, we often go to places where they've got a real fire. We love looking at a real fire and it starts to go out, but yet they put a log on, they stoke it up and it just suddenly bursts into flame again. You know, and that's the Holy Spirit. You know, maybe you want to come forward today and we, want, we can pray for you to have an infilling afresh of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you need to have that joy of your salvation restored in you. We can't do any of this without the Holy Spirit because Jesus, when he left, said, I'm not leaving you on your own. I'm leaving you a gift. I'm leaving you a gift of the Holy Spirit because I know that in your own strength, you can't do this. Let us pray for you. Let us be filled up again today with the Holy Spirit. Go out of here, full up to the top, so you're overflowing to speak to other people. You know, I encourage you, if you need to get back to basics, you know, spend time with Jesus, spend time in the Bible. Even today, ask Jesus to restore that joy of your salvation. Ask him to show, ask, pray that dangerous prayer. Ask him to show you to see through his eyes. Dangerous prayer, but such an amazing prayer. The blessings that it brings is unbelievable. I'm just going to pray for us as we go back into worship. God, God if not us, then who? God, I just pray that you will challenge us today that you will break us again for what breaks you. God, open our eyes up, even now, to see like you do. Help us to be bold. Help us to be courageous. Place people on our hearts, even now, to pray for, to petition you for, to not give up on. God, help us to make an eternal difference in our worlds, right here, right now, this day, this month, this year. God, I believe that we were born for such a time as this. Help us not to waste even a moment. Stir us up, Lord. Fan into flames a passion for you. 
a passion for others, God. God, we need you. We need you more than we've needed you ever before in this broken and lost and angry and judgmental world, God, that we live. We need you, Jesus. We cannot do this without you. We need you, Jesus. Amen. If you do want prayer, we would love to pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We'd love to pray for you just to be encouraged, to be bold, um, whatever it is. You know, please come forward. You know, Lynn encouraged me the other week. We need each other, don't we? We can't do this alone.